0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of our brand new podcast. It's called Pressing Questions and we're talking all things Red Bull Salzburg. We try to give a voice to our players uh, with a different heritage, with English language and the first one to do so is Patson Dakar. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, We're humbled to have you and um, first thing I always see when I see you walking around in the stadium or somewhere else in Salzburg is, you're always smiling. Why is
1: that? Uh, That's my personality. When I'm smiling, I get to think about good things and it helps me to not focus a lot on bad things. But regardless of my situation, I try by all means to smile because even when I don't realize it, I just find myself smiling.
0: Also when when you smile, you put a smile on other people's faces and uh, that's obviously very enjoyable to see. You are from Zambia, quite obviously, and um, for someone, I reckon there are a, a lot of Zambians listening right now, but for someone who hasn't been to Zambia and might or never go there, uh, how would you describe Zambia, maybe your hometown of uh, Chingola?
1: Zambia is a very peaceful country, like here. Every person is free there, regardless of your, uh, where you come from, whether you're a foreigner or you're free to to go anywhere you want at any time. And uh, well, it, there's also something so special about Zambia because it's also a tourist attraction. We've got the Victoria Falls uh, in Livingstone where a lot of tourists get to visit and it's one of my favorite places for holidays. So I recommend mm. one day that you may visit and uh, have a good
0: experience also. Mm. Uh, do you get to, to go there due to the whole corona crisis? Is there any problems for you to go to Zambia maybe this this summer or is it all all perfectly doable? Because Jesse, he said, uh, I can't go to America because of it. Um, I'm not allowed. And maybe Andre is also not allowed to go to, to Brazil. But f- is it any problem for you to go this summer?
1: No, there's no problem for me. Like uh, I'm even much grateful that I, I'll be able to see my family again and... Uh, mm-hmm to know that uh, everything is fine. Uh, the, uh, the situation is not really bad in Zambia, so other borders are open and I'm free to go
0: at any time. That's good. Um, uh, I think they, they are really looking forward to see you, obviously, with so much success you've had in the, the last couple of games so far. Um, we're currently talking, by the way, uh, after we've won the championship, the Austrian championship in the league and also the cup, so the double, is very much back where it belongs in Salzburg, but also back to Zambia, your hometown is the town of Chingola, and um, it's a mining town as far as I kind of seen on the internet, so there's a lot of copper. Do you think your workers mentality on the field is very very much ingrained in the workers mentality of the people in Chingola? Because it kind of uh, struck me when I saw, okay, um, these are hard-working people and I can see that with you as well.
1: I think uh, I also get to understand for me that uh, regardless of uh, which uh, place you're into or which field you're in hard work always pays off so for me I feel like for me to have this opportunity to be a footballer to have this talent and career I feel like it's uh, something that I have to do with passion and uh, to know that it's only me who can Uh, change my family. Who can change my life, and who can be able to uh, decide my future? Because I don't have anyone to blame. God has given me the talent, the career, and so I have to use it to the
0: best of my ability. You talked about your family there. Um, how big is it? Do you have a lot of siblings? How many are there?
1: I come from a small family. We're, We're only two with my elder sister. I'm the last born, so it's not a big family, but it's not as easy as it is for me to walk around in Zambia, as it is here. So here I get to have so much freedom to walk around because uh, in Zambia it's different. It, uh, I get to have a lot of people to stop me, taking pictures, talk to me, but I also love it because uh, it's, it's an opportunity and everyone who's uh, everyone who Always dreamed for like to have this opportunity, and for me to be given this opportunity, I I don't take it for granted. I always try by all means to have time for my fans, to, to have time for people, and to get to learn new things because different people have got different ideas, and so I get to learn from different people regardless of their age.
0: Is it very much this, this cliche picture of um, a footballing star? Like, we, we had these pictures about. Um, Didier Drogba and Samuel Leto, who have been kind of like the the role models for their countries, Cameroon and and Ivory coast. Now that Zambia has someone who made it to the big time, yourself and Enoch obviously uh, are the front runners for this position. Is it really like that? Like you you step one foot onto the street and there are about a hundred children surrounding you, wanting to take pictures, wanting to have a share of you. Is it really like that? Oh, almost.
1: I should say uh, not so much but I feel like uh, that's where we're heading and uh, <laughs> yeah I think we so far for me personally I wouldn't say that I have achieved so much to be put in the shoes like uh, the DJ Droppers Samuel Eto'o but because there are some players who have bring so much glory to the nation the likes of uh, our former captain Christopher Katongo and they, likes, they have really achieved so much. And for me, I feel I still have a lot of things that I have to do more, especially for my country. And that's when I'll maybe feel like, okay, that's where I'm heading now. That's like, I've, I can be called myself or look at myself like, okay, I have given a lot of people the reason to say, I'm famous, I'm popular and <laughs> you know, yeah, because I'm just beginning my, my career. This mm. The first steps, I'm still doing my first steps and I'm learning to walk.
0: Yeah, only 21 and still improving, obviously. Um, the thing is, you you talked about your family, very small family, and very early on, um, you lost your father. What kind of memories do you have about him and how did it change you having to grow up without him for the most time? Uh,
1: I have so much memories uh, with him because he introduced me to the uh, to football, to the football world. Like uh, he was a former footballer and I always used to play with him when I was a kid. It was an honor for me. Uh, it's just unfortunate that he's not here right now to see where I am today, but he's proud of me wherever he is. And uh, losing him was like had a great impact for me. I should say it's a blessing in disguise, you know, because I got to take a huge responsibility at a young age and I don't think if he was around I would have grown up to be a person I am today. Maybe I would have been comfortable and knowing that he's there to do everything. I took it up to myself that I have to be the father of the family, regardless of the age and I feel when you when a person like has responsibility and that shows their growth and uh, that's when you can say okay this person has grown up and we take responsibility different other people they take it as a, a burden but for me I took it as a blessing and I just had to utilize it and support my family to fight and not give them a reason to miss my dad but of course there's some situation that we get to miss him but at least I'm taking up the responsibility which he left Hmm.
0: Very well said. The thing is, um, you were scouted when you were in school. Was he was he there when you were scouted or was he already gone? He was already gone. He was already gone. So you had the responsibility and you took it with both hands when the opportunity arose, uh, which is obviously um, tremendous for us because you are now here and uh, everything really began there. Can you maybe um, describe the situation when these scouts from, from the Rising Stars came to your school and um, I think I read the story somewhere you had to run yeah. home for your f- shoes come come back and play for ten minutes, and then they already said you're good enough yeah or what was it like that
1: yeah uh, at that moment uh I was having my exam and I didn't knew anything about uh the trials going on, but lucky enough, the school I was at it was just behind my stadium, so almost every day when we uh, from school, we used to pass through the stadium to see if there are some people who are playing or training, and we start watching or playing uh, along with them. Uh, so at that day, it was my friend actually who told me to say, let's pass through the, the stadium, maybe there are some people who are, who are playing there because I heard something like there will be some troubles or something. So that's how we went there, and we found that they have started already, and then because there was uh, one coach whom I knew, so he told me, ah, you can go home, rush, because my home wasn't far away from the stadium, so I had to rush home, pick up my football shoes and went back. Then I played for like 10 minutes. They told me to go out to wait for them and that's how the story began.
0: Mm. So you had um, this opportunity given to you. What kind of games did you play with uh, rising stars? Is it like you represent your um, specific region of Zambia against the other regions of Zambia, or how did that materialize? that they given you the chance? Did you get to train at the special facility? What was it like?
1: At first, it was uh, a competition for provinces. Mm. Uh, so from different provinces, they get uh, like they make a competition, like a tournament. And then uh, we played against each other and of course we, I came from Lusaka province and then we won that tournament. I was the top scorer. After that they selected some players who were supposed to represent the country now. That's how they uh, picked me and also Enoch. Made, they made one team and went to represent the country in Nigeria. And then from Nigeria we, we came out second. From that team, they picked some players to be the under-17 for the national team. Then that's how they picked me and I was the captain for that team. Mm. And Enoch was the vice-captain of that team and
0: that's how it was. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it all came off at the end, Um, which also meant you had to leave home very early, go on a lot of travels. Yeah, actually
1: when it happened. I think it was during that period of time that I was supposed to have my exam my final exams mm. so it was a moment of me deciding whether to go with a team or to go to school and finish my my education but uh, so I had to consult my family my mom and my sister and their response was so shocking <laughs> for me <laughs> because like for me I really wanted like, my first uh, option was to go to write the exam But what my family told me, I think it what changed my life. They told me to utilize the opportunity because the opportunities in football don't come like the ones in school. In school, I can go back and write again the following year. But in football, we don't know when it will come next. So they told me, this is the opportunity for you to go out of the country, to have a new experience. We don't know what will happen from there. So just go and we'll, Figure out what will happen next with your education when you come back. Maybe you come and write afterwards. And then it happened that uh, they changed the the dates for the tournament because a lot of uh, players from different countries they had also exams coming up. So they they moved they moved it earlier. So that's how I even went for the tournament. I came back and wrote my exams.
0: I was about to say, don't <laughs> set a bad example for school children here, but, <laughs> no. but, but every everything everything worked out well at the end, and you got you got your school finished and yeah. your tournament played, and you were scouted by um, Frederic Canutet at that tournament, right? Yeah. How was it to be recognized at 17 years of age by a really decorated player who had made it into the Europe's top leagues, who had won the Europa League, or I think it was known as the UEFA Cup back in the days. But still, it must have been a tremendous feeling to get out of Zambia and immediately get recognized by a world-class striker.
1: Yeah, it was uh, unbelievable for me. Like, I had to ask myself, is it the friendly Kanute that I've been watching? or? And it, it was just uh, so overwhelming. And What did he say
0: to you when you first met him?
1: Actually, the way it was, we, we didn't even meet. I, he saw me and he contacted my my manager from the team I was playing for Cafe Celtic. Mm-hmm. They started talking. Well I was I wasn't aware myself. So they started talking, they started talking and then after they had so uh, some conversations, that's when my manager called me to say, Oh, uh, this uh this man he wants to work with you, this and this and this and so I said, okay, let me talk to him. And then that's how we started talking and just to have a conversation with him, it was uh, something great. Immediately he started uh, telling me the things that I have to improve on, what I can do better. And uh, he just told me he had a great feeling that we can work something good together. And as it is now, something great is still going
0: mm-hmm. on. He said, is it that Frederick kind of I was watching? Kind of funny. When you said that, um, I was watching an interview um, you gave about a year ago um, for Truth Radio Zambia. Do you remember that one? And you were asked after uh, your kind of role model growing up. I don't recall what your answer was. That's why I'm asking you, what was your (laughs) role model when you you watched um, maybe football from Europe and um, you watched strikers? Because obviously you are a prolific striker. You are one who gets behind the lines. Who were the ones? who you thought, oh, I want to be like him?
1: When I was young, I didn't really had uh, a player that I would say, I want to be like this person, but I always go to to be, you know, when you're young and someone you just see who is uh, playing well, you say, when you go to play football, oh, I'm this player. I'm... So that moment, sometimes I would say, ah, I'm Fernando Torres. Oh, <laughs> I'm Luis Suarez. I'm this player, you know, just because... When you're young, you know, everyone was like making headlines. You want to be that player, you know, every time. Even when it's a defender who's there, you want to be there and...
0: Something um, nearly everyone recognized at the first glance about you is your speed. And um, I remember the episode of our uh, documentary, Yderman, where you played a part. I think it was the fourth episode. And I think it was uh, Johannes Jans, our head of uh, transfers who said, um, we had just a clip sent when you were playing at Cafu Celtics and everything we saw was really bad quality, but the first thing we saw, he has speed to burn, he has like pace, never ending. <laughs> um, and before I talk about speed, I want to put a different question to you. Enoch said, he was playing in the same team, right? He said, um, the training in Zambia, it's much harder, much longer, much heavier, is it really like that? Is it like two and a half hours straight grinding? What What is it like to train and play in Zambia? Oh,
1: like Enoch said, it's it's really hard. Uh, you get to train like maybe two and a half hours in the sun. Maybe you start around 10, you finish around maybe almost 12. In the evening? No, in the <laughs> afternoon. Okay, <whoa. laughs> and then maybe you only have maybe hours to rest then you go back again in the afternoon you train again for i don't know if it's two hours again and you know it's like amazing a, yeah so like it's the training there if you can make it in zambia you can make it everywhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah the training there it's it's really hard but uh again i think it has worked to to my advantage and to my benefit because when i came here it was more of having fun <laughs> <laughs>
0: But, but how, how is it like, it kind of struck my mind when I, when I heard that. So I thought, when you, when you train so hard, how does it come that only an elite number of few players come to Europe and make it, when, when you train so hard, so much harder than players here? Why is that? Is it because it's not as um, maybe technical, maybe not as well-minded, well thought through? What, what is the problem?
1: Yeah, for me, I think... Uh in africa like in zambia we there's too much physics the the technical part is not really that much and that i think it's also uh one reason why it's difficult to, when you come to europe to adjust quickly like i also had a, a bit of a problem because like uh i think in uh in zambia so like in africa we don't really have uh, so many academies where kids you're training them about technical things and they grew up with them you know like for me I didn't grow up in such an academy where I get to learn about tactical things but just to you come together you just start playing football mm-hmm. you know and someone is really good but he's used to training hard and physical things and then you come here you just find that you just play like a small game a tactical thing and then your finish will be like are we doing home-up or something? And then, you know, you're done for the day. So to adjust to that uh, kind of uh, thing where you just do tactical things, it's really something that has to be worked on.
0: So you came here as a raw talent and you kind yeah. of like needed to be polished. Very much. Yeah. Um, I was about to ask you, is that the one thing you would give advice to To Sambian players screwing up, African players growing up, work more on your tactics if you want mm. to make it to the big time or is yeah. there another thing you would add?
1: African players we really have a strong mentality and uh, the physique is always there but it's just the technical, technical things that really get to be missing in us and I feel when you just work on them then you're good to, to go.
0: Mm. You came here and bish-bash-bosh from the first day on, how can I even put it? You bamboozled everyone. (laughs) You bamboozled everyone. Your kind of, your first games, right, were back in Switzerland at the finals of the UEFA Youth League and you scored against Barcelona. Yeah. Tell us your memories of that (laughs) day.
1: It was a great uh, start for me. Like, uh, I remember the time when I was here. Before we went for the before it even reached the the semifinals, I think we were supposed to play PSG here at home, and I was supposed to be part of the team. I had problems with my visa, so I had to mm-hmm. go to Kenya. So it wasn't possible for me to play that game. Well, I was just praying that we can make it to the semifinals, so that maybe I can be part of the team. And it happened that uh, the guys won, and we'll, when I was told that I'll be part of the team that uh, who go to play the semi-finals again. It was again a blessing in disguise for me because uh, one player, Oliver Phillip, had exams. His family said he has to go to write the exams before this uh, he can come and play football later on. So I had to take the opportunity and the chance. One thing also that uh, when the game was on, we were playing, and then uh Patrick Ibe, the uh, athletic trainer, by the way, he told me, "Patson, have a good feeling. You're going to change things. You're going to score when you go in. So just go and have fun." And I will be expecting a goal from you, you know. So <laughs> I was so shocked. No pressure. To say, <laughs> like if this guy can believe in me, and why shouldn't I believe in myself? I think this is this is my time this is the opportunity that I've been waiting for and when I went in there unfortunately my played a great pass to me and it was like an open goal. and then I slided and then it went out I was so embarrassed but the push that I got from the guys like they lifted me up they're like come on you're going to score the next one is coming and Hannes, Hof came to me, was like, Patson, you're going to score. Believe me, you're going to score. He played the ball to me and I scored and <laughs> it was amazing, just the support that I got from mm-hmm. the from the team. And to know that I wasn't really like a full part of the team, the beginning of the journey and I just came in, but the the environment they created for me was really amazing.
0: Mm. And you've said it really perfectly, it's very much our mentality here in Salzburg. If we go wrong, we go again and it will work out eventually. Enoch, he came a bit later to Salzburg. Is it right that you said you have to take this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm only staying here if Enoch is coming as well. Not like that quite, no. but tell us the story.
1: Yeah, not really, but uh, because I came here uh, six months earlier before him. So when he came here, uh, I remember the time. There were some clubs that wanted him here in Europe. But when he came for trials, I like made sure that he had to, say, to stay here. I tried to give him as much information as I had about this club and what can help him to stay and to make him remember that when we're together here, we can be doing it like we have been doing it back home. Like I was feeling uh, maybe out of place, but just to have someone, because I would see some people, like maybe from Mali, there are two, maybe there are three, you know, so that kind of feeling, uh, okay, has to stay also. So I tried by all means to push him, to encourage him and just to give him some insight of what is expected
0: from him. So it helped you adapting, but on a whole, how do you like it here in Austria, you now more than two years, two and a half years here, right? Um, How did you find it? Um, It's a very different environment. Obviously, it's not even half as hot as in Africa. It's very cold in winter. Mentality of people surely is different. Um, Really much cooled down, I guess, uh, in in exception to Africa. Um, So with all these new things, I guess you haven't been outside Africa before you came here, was it difficult? Kind of.
1: It was, the time I came, it was in winter, and I think that was the worst winter I've experienced in the time I (laughs) I came here. It was really cold, it was snowing and windy and raining at the same time, like, I was, like, what's happening? And we had to go out to train, and it was, like, uh, around 4 p.m., but it was dark, and it was, <laughs> it was <laughs> really, uh, it was crazy for me at that time. It was, but again, what I, what kept me going was knowing that uh, it's not like other players are playing in a different uh, environment or something, but it's what I've chosen. So I have to make it in any condition. I have to do my very best and just to adapt as quick, as quick as possible and, yeah, I think uh, also to find the people that I found here, especially at the academy, I'll always be grateful. They really helped me. They were good. Uh, they were so good to me. The educators there—they they really take care of players so well, regardless of where you come from, whether they know you for a long time or not. They try to make you as comfortable as possible and try to make sure that you're not feeling any. Uh, thing like out of place. So it wasn't very hard
0: for me to, Mm. to adapt. Different food as well. Uh, do you like the Austrian cuisine? Maybe do you have a favorite dish? (laughs) Uh,
1: I don't really have a specific dish, but I really love the Austrian food. You really like it? Yeah. And the Wiener Schnitzel, I like it. That's the the one. I like
0: that. I like that answer. How do you find learning German? I see a l- little bit of maybe room for improvement here. <laughs> <laughs> a little
1: bit, <laughs> bit by <laughs> bit. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I get to understand a lot. So I don't really need a translator. I can understand. But I think it, I can also speak, but I think I just, I'm just shy of making mistakes. And <laughs> but I guess it's something that I'm, I'm working on to talk and practice
0: more, because if I don't, then
1: I won't won't learn.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Austrian is a really uh, difficult language. A lot of people (laughs) told me that. And I think once you're really good in English, German is also kind of... You you can somehow translate some words, but not all of them, but I think it's easier the other way around. So with me speaking German first, learning English second was (laughs) really easy. But the next thing, I I need to mention that now because uh, we're trying to get to the end slowly but surely, I was uh, smiling the whole way through when I watched that uh, interview with you at at the Truth radio station in Zambia. As well as here, you talked a lot about your um, religion and your faith. So uh, tell us a little bit about how important it is for you to have always that feeling, um, okay, he's there, he supports me. God, and uh, he gave me all this talent, so I just need to utilize it. Um, is it for you that you play for a higher course, for a higher value in your life? Or is it just for you? Or is it for the greater good? What would you say? First,
1: yes, my, my faith in God is not really just about concerning my career, but my way of life, Now, it's uh, like a guideline for me, how I'm going to live my life, how I'm going to take myself, because I I know that I have to be a good example to other people out there, and God has given me this career and platform, and so I feel what I'm going to do with my career, it's the gift back that I'm going to give to Him.
0: Is it something exclusive to you, or to your family, or is it kind of Zambian standard that you are, um let's say, Christian and through and through Christian?
1: Yeah, like uh, Zambia is a Christian nation. So it's... But does uh, like everyone
0: it, take it as serious as you do? or
1: uh, I'm not sure if it, uh, everyone take it that way, but I would say almost maybe 90% mm. they take it that way. Yeah. Mm.
0: So... I just want to finish it off with a few quick-fire questions just, <laughs> just before I let you go to, to dinner. You <laughs> haven't had your dinner yet, right? No. Hungry already? Very much. Very much. Okay. <laughs> I, keep it, I keep it short and sweet. Who would win a race between you and Karima Deyemi? Who is quicker? It depends
1: because uh, for me, I'm quick with, uh, in, in 20, 30, 40 meters. And Karim is fast in 10, 15 meters. So maybe in the beginning, he can be fast. But towards the end, I'll be the winner. But so I should say it's, it's really tight.
0: So, so so you're rooting for yourself <laughs> on the long distance one. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I get here. You celebrated the win of the Austrian Bundesliga just recently. Uh, there were a few really videos uh, floating about on the <laughs> internet. Uh, I saw Rasmus dancing. I saw you singing, but who is the best dancer in the squad?
1: Patrick Farkas.
0: Patrick Farkas? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. He doesn't look like it. What, what he does he like do? Lo-
1: different moves. He's got so <laughs> much moves. <music. laughs> I think, yeah, Patrick and Erasmus.
0: Uh, I saw a video of him just, just yesterday from last year's um, championship, championship Celebration <laughs> where he took his shirt off. <laughs> I got of Ma- Marco Rose was, was <laughs> yeah, standing next yeah. to him. It was like, he was like looking at him. Is, is this really <laughs> happening here? What is Farky doing? Uh, but yeah, I, I, I get, I get that. I get that. Who gets told off the most by Jesse? Who, who gets a good old king from, from Jesse the most? I see you don't want to single out anyone here, but <laughs> come on, you, you have to be the, that guy for once, at least. Come on.
1: No, I'm trying, I'm trying to think. But uh, in the previous days, it was uh, Dominic. I was like,
0: Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes he was...
1: Uh,
0: too much extravagance. Too, too <laughs> too much. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Let's keep it with, with Sobo. Let's, yeah. let's keep <laughs> it with him. I, I think he can take it. <laughs> um, and finally, if you were stranded on a lost island and you had to take one player of our squad with you, to stay there forever, t- until you die, because you can't leave that, lang- that, uh, that island. It's just a little small island, remote island, somewhere in the Caribbean. No one is ever going to find you. Who would you take with you? One player. I would take Enoch. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I thought you would say that <laughs> and I'm not asking and you why, because it's <laughs> obvious, but it's, it's, it's Enoch through and through. You you are bros <laughs> for life. Yeah. Okay, uh, then. I just uh, have to say, it was a pleasure having you.
1: Uh, it's uh, it's a pleasure for me too. It was a great time.
0: For our listeners, uh, I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Pressing Questions, our podcast about FC Red Bull Salzburg. I hope you like the podcast, you subscribe it, you share it and tell your friends, obviously. Yeah, Patson, you will, you will share it on Instagram. I know you do that. <laughs> you will hear from us in the upcoming months. We have a lot of English-speaking players and staff as well to kind of interview and give a voice to. And we'll see you next time at Pressing Questions. Bye-bye. Bye.